calling all high performers, goal getters, and anyone aiming to be the most empowered versions of themselves. Welcome to the Mindset Over Matter podcast. I am your host, Nikki Morton. I'm so glad you're here. This is a place for you to learn, to be encouraged, and to grow through whatever life throws your way from a place of power. Here, we cover the hard truths, share tips, tricks, and tools on all things habits, wellness, consistency, and of course, mindset. Are you excited yet? Me too. Let's jump in. Hey, hey, welcome back to today's episode of the Mindset Over Matter podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Morton, and today we are going to be covering the topic of positivity and how to bring more positivity into your life, into your mind, how to see more of it in the world, and how to just get out of those shitty mindsets when the negativity and our thoughts and our fears just come crashing in. How do we stay positive? How do we maneuver these tough situations when things are really tough? And how do we set ourselves up for success so that no matter what happens in our life, we can remain steady in the fact that the things that go on in our lives, whether they're negative, positive, um, you know, whatever they are, that they are happening for us, for our growth, for our development, for us to become the best versions of who we are, and for us to become the person that we are meant to be, we have to go through these types of experiences. And how we handle the challenging situations, the sad situations, the angry situations, is gonna dictate how we live our lives, how we show up in the world, and how we see the people and the things around us. Because one thing that I live and die by is that what you focus on will flourish. If you're focusing on negativity, you're going to see more negativity. You're going to attract more negativity. And if you are looking for the positive, you will see the positive and you will attract the positive. What you focus on is what you're going to see. Because when we look at the world, we look at the world through a lens of our experiences, of our minds, of our stories, of our narratives, of our past. And they are all completely different than anyone around us. We all have a skewed version of the way that the world is, the way that we experience the world is completely different than the person sitting next to you. And it's so important to recognize this because when you recognize that the things in your life and what you attract and what you see is your rose-colored glasses, you kind of start to feel a little bit more in control of, okay, so what if... If I'm the reason, if I'm looking through these rose-colored glasses and I'm seeing things that I don't like or I'm seeing behaviors I don't appreciate or things like that, I have to change the rose-colored glasses. And the rose-colored glasses are, again, those thoughts, those narratives, those stories that come up for us when we look at things and we start judging or we look at things and we feel a certain way. And when I say that what you focus on will flourish, there's not just me saying that. There's not just empirical evidence or things like that. It's that there is science. And maybe I used empirical incorrectly there. Please feel free to roast me in the comments. That's fine. But what I I meant to say was that there is science behind this. It's not just a folktale. It's not just a cute little phrase. There is science and evidence behind this statement of what you focus on will flourish. And what I mean by this is that in our brains, we have the ability to sense the things that are going around on around us. We have scent, we have sight, we have hearing, taste, touch, all of those senses. But at the same time that we have all five of those senses, 
our body is experiencing a range of stimulation. There is cars outside. There are, you know, all these things around me that I can see right now. There's my phone. There's, um, you know, I can hear my dog walking around in the backyard right now in the background. I'm smelling the candle that's sitting next to me at the same time. But my brain does not have the capacity, and neither does yours, to handle all of this stimulation and all of this sensory information that is coming in at once. So what it does is it takes all of these 2 trillion bits per second that it can absorb, takes all this information and it boils it down to 200 bits. Out of 2 trillion bits, it condenses to 200 bits per second that you can actually recognize of what is going on. And the way that it filters and it boils it all down is through those rose-colored glasses, through your reticular activating system, which is your brain's filtration system, will focus on the things that you are deeming important. So if you've ever been driving around, or sorry, you're driving around and you're like, man, I think I really like that Toyota Tacoma. Like, I think I might want that as my next car. And you start kind of looking at it. Maybe you go home and you, you know, research it on the internet and you're looking at the one that you want and you're like, oh, yeah, I really like that one. And then for the next week, every single time that you go driving, you see that Toyota Tacoma in the next lane across the street, parked in the parking lot. Oh, your neighbor has one. There's one, you know, a couple blocks down that is exactly the one that you want, you know, and you start seeing it everywhere. That is not by coincidence. That is your brain's filtering system attuning to something that you have now deemed important. So if you think about how this has worked with cars, imagine what it's doing with the self-limiting beliefs, with the fears, with the job responsibilities that you are, you know, deciding to take on or that you're the home responsibilities that you're deciding to take on. Your focus and what you deem as important, your brain's filtering system will start to filter. So if you're focusing on negativity and you're allowing yourself to constantly be in a state of negativity, you will see negativity out in the world around you. There is no possible way to sprinkle negativity throughout your life and expect positivity to be what you see. You are what you decide you want this world to be and how you show up in the world and how you think about things is going to be what you see. So if you're looking for a cheater and you're looking and you're thinking that all of these people are going to cheat or all of these people are just scam artists, guess who you're going to interact with? Because that's what you're focusing on. But if you say, instead of focusing on the negativity and the bullshit, what if I focused on what I really, really want in a friend? I want someone who's loyal, someone who is empathetic, who cares. And as you start looking and filtering, saying these things are important to me and these are things that I want to embody, you'll start to see it out in the world and you'll start to find friends and people in your community who are willing to be those types of friends because you're looking for the good in them. When you start to understand exactly how your reticular activating system works, it changes everything because you can then rewire any belief, any story, 
any focus and get to where you want to be on your own because you are the one that chooses where your focus is. No one else can do that for you. So when you think and you start to take this responsibility and you start to take this ownership and swallow in that your reticular activating system is creating the environment and the world that you are experiencing, it means that you have a lot more control to choose how the world in your eyes is going to be. If you want it to stop being shitty, you have to stop looking for all of the shittiness. Stop watching the news. The news is horrible. They are a business and they thrive on people's fear and negativity. So where, that is why there's always, always a new crazy negative story on the news. Limit that time or find more positive pages to follow. If you're hanging around with negative people and you're finding that all they're doing is complaining or all they're doing is perpetuating negativity, limit your time with them. Put a boundary up. Protect your energy so that you can start building the focus and the flourishment of a positive, encouraging, empowering life rather than being stuck in a world where everything is dark, everything is terrible, no one can do anything right, etc., etc. That's not a world that I want to live in and I'm almost positive that you, if you are listening to this podcast, you don't want to live in that place either anymore. That's why we're here. So learn and use your reticulator, reticulating activating system to see where you're at now and see where you want to be. Because when you can see these two points, you can start to bridge that gap through your behavior, through your choices, through the way that you show up in the world. Because our brain, the way that it works is like our subconscious mind believes everything is truth. Every single thing. Because it doesn't know any better. It's kind of like it's extremely smart but also naive at the same time where it's extremely smart. It is smart. My subconscious and your subconscious are smarter than either of our conscious minds that are having this little conversation right here. But they believe everything is truth and they get programmed the more that we say things, the more that we believe things and we perpetuate certain ideas, perpetuate certain certain thought trains, it gets more and more and more and more dense and it becomes more of the truth. And before you know it, the experience and that thought pattern, true or not, has now become your entire world and the way that you see it and the way that you experience it. And I say this because I've done it. And I say it because I did it with something that wasn't true. I, a long time ago, had a very good friend and him and I were best friends. Like, close, close, close. Talked till all hours of the night. And... As our relationship developed and as our friendship developed, of course there were feelings. Of course there were things that went on. And when that friendship ended and the way that it ended was so painful for me that I didn't even know how to compartmentalize the pain. Um, I didn't know how to express um the deep feelings of shame that i felt for the situation of what happened i didn't know how to express my hurt for the way that things went down um i didn't know how to process that someone that i loved and cared about and had so much like so much love for 
how I could be so wrong and get so hurt by them. And I mean, like having chills even telling the story because it was so painful. And this is the first time I'm ever sharing this, but I started to share what was going on with friends and in an attempt to hide the shame I felt for feeling dumb, for believing, for having hope, that I just had bad character judgment and that I just can't trust my own decisions. If I let someone into my life like that, who I loved and cared for so deeply and so much to just rip apart like that, I must just have bad bad character judgment. I must not be able to trust my own decisions. And what I did is I started telling this story of that rather than telling the story of a brokenhearted younger 20s girl who believed in love and believed in the fairy tale endings that didn't happen. It doesn't mean that I'm dumb. It doesn't mean that those experiences were invalid. It doesn't mean that it wasn't worth those feelings. But at the time, that story of just having bad character judgment and being able to write it off that I was just dumb and how could I trust myself to make decisions? Now it's just a matter of, you know, going with what other people thought or, you know, leaning on others so much more for those types of things that the belief system that I created and eventually the insecure, anxious, losing hair, people-pleasing result that showed up within a year and a half of that happening. She, that sweet girl, did the best that she could with the tools that she had. But I became a people pleaser. I truly stopped trusting my own judgment. I did everything that I possibly could to be liked by people at work, by people in my personal life, by a significant other, that I lost myself, lost my hope in finding a partner that was going to have the same connection. I lost a lot of trust in myself for perpetuating that story. And it has taken some time. It took a long time for me to be able to unpack and sit with these feelings. But I'm sharing this story because I literally brainwashed myself into believing that I couldn't trust my decisions because my pain of heartbreak was too much for me to handle. And I know that if I'm experiencing that, that there may be someone who's listening to this who has a story that they can't talk about. And when you don't talk about these things, they live inside of you and they live in this in a place at a cellular level, cellular level when they are not healed. And it took me 6 years to be able to open that box. But I did. And guess what? The one result that has come from it is A, I know now 
that I can trust my own decisions and I can trust who I who and what I decide to do like I can trust in those decisions because after taking the time and journaling and looking back and healing a little bit of that wound and really taking a look at what was going on I realized that holding on to the shame of that situation and how terrible I and guilty that I felt over it because it was just so not me. Um, it made me look at the world and look at other people in my life and relationships and, and jobs as completely different. Like I was so cynical, so untrusting so just wanting to connect but not trusting anybody enough to actually allow it that I made myself sick sick and I will be damned if anyone else has to go through that and doesn't feel like they can talk about it because what you focus on will flourish and for six years always in the back of my brain I was pushing that down it would come up, push it down. Oh, ugh, shiver off the feeling, push it down. I haven't felt those feelings because I took a deep look at what it was. And then I started focusing my reticular activating system on something that was more empowering and something that was more aligned with A, who I truly am and not just that bullshit story I made out of pain, but also allowed myself to hug the girl who had to create those stories because she was so broken and didn't know what to do. And if it wasn't for her heartbreak, I wouldn't be here telling this story and telling you not to trust every single story that has been living in your brain for years because it's not the truth you are always enough. You are always worth it. If someone decides that you're not, that's on them. You are, do not change. Your worth does not change. Don't believe their bullshit. Don't believe the bullshit negative story that perpetuates in our brains. Our brains are wired to the negative. It is wired to keep us safe. Keep us safe from hard feelings, keep us safe from heartbreak, keep us safe from dying mostly. And because of the fact that our brains are so attuned to keeping us safe, it will do anything to keep us from harm's way, including making up stories that shield pain. It's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to say that what you're focusing on right now and what has been a focus maybe in the back of your brain that you've been avoiding is creating some of the issues that you're seeing out in your life and out in your job, out in your relationships, out in your connections, out in the world around you. Your stories matter because they create your rose-colored glasses. They create the lens in which you see the world through. They create the focus that you have. And what you focus on will flourish. If you have blocks, if you have bullshit stories, if you have things that are blocking you, they will not move until you take a look at them. But the good news is, 
is that shining a light on a monster makes it the size of an ant. But shame and guilt and resentment breed in the darkness. They breed in our silence. So kill it with light. Kill it with connection. Kill it with saying this is not true and I refuse to live by this narrative anymore. Say, this is the old way of thinking. I understand. I love you. I forgive you. And I completely get why we had to do the things that we had to do with the tools that we had and the tools that we created. But that's not how I want to be anymore. And then start listing out what is it that you do want to focus on maybe you want to focus on just getting outside more getting some fresh air maybe you want to focus on a particular limiting belief about you not being able to lose the weight that you want to lose so you start healing that identity and why that story is perpetuated then you start moving into like money stuff then you start moving into your relationships then you start moving into your family and i guarantee you that the more that you bring awareness And focus your reticular activating system to what you do want. Your life will be exponentially better. You'll be exponentially happier. You'll feel exponentially more fulfilled. And you will be able to release the stories that are breeding right now in the darkness in your soul. That are gnawing away at you begging to be let go. It's so easy to want to push down feelings and say, I don't want to feel them. I don't want to feel them, but they don't go away. What I found, if anything, is that if you just sit with them and allow it and say, okay, this is uncomfortable. I feel guilt. I feel shame. Oof, this is really hard to sit with. And why is it so hard to sit with? Well, because I didn't act like how I would like to, or I didn't show up the way I wanted to, or I said things that I would never have said and I can't believe I did that. Allow yourself to feel the chills that come over your body when you start thinking about the things that you regret. And then take out a journal. Write a little note to the version of you that created those things and say, I see you. I hear you. I love you. But it's time to put this story to bed and create a new narrative for our life so that we can be positive, so that we can heal, so that we can become the best version of ourselves who gets these things. Because there is never a version of us that did things because they just felt like it was the right thing to do, just make up some bullshit narrative. It happens because we are hurt. But if we want to heal, the first step is taking a look at it. Focus. Because like I said before, and like I'll say again, and what I'm going to leave you with for the day is that what you focus on will flourish. And the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you allow narratives to be a part of you or not to be a part of you is everything to this process. So go out, gain that awareness around your particular activating system. Gain that awareness around how you show up in the world and how you want to show up in the world how you're talking to yourself, what you're focusing on, and start getting clear about where you want to be and who you want to become, where you want to go. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's just how it goes. So get on up there, pour some water on yourself, and start focusing on the right things because like I said, and like I'll leave you again for the rest of the day, what you focus on will flourish. 
So go out there and go get it, okay? I'll leave you there. Have a good rest of your week.